Welcome to the Workplace Wellbeing Podcast. The podcast for wellbeing professionals that looks at best practices in organisations that care about their people and which keeps an eye on the growing number of suppliers in the wellbeing space. The Workplace Wellbeing Podcast is sponsored by FastPayE, a financial wellbeing solution that facilitates flexible salary advances. It also provides access to financial education, a benefits assessment calculator, and a host of other financial well-being tools. FastPayE is part of the WorkTech group that includes ShopWorks Workforce Solutions and Solved by AI. ShopWorks offers scheduling and time and attendance tools that improve your workforce management processes, whilst Solved by AI provides unique artificial intelligence products that deliver optimum staffing levels and improve employee retention. Hi, and welcome to the Workplace Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Ian Hogg, Chairman of FastPay, and I'm delighted to be joined by Ashley Cope, who is Head of People Partners at WeWork for Europe and the Middle East. In this episode, I want to do a case study on WeWork because I think they've got an interesting challenge. Not only does Ashley have to worry about the well-being of over 1,200 WeWork employees in Europe and Asia, she also has to be mindful of the well-being of the thousands of members who range from lone self-employed workers to the employees of some, some global multinationals. So I'm keen to hear what initiatives WeWork has in place for its own employees and how that works with the members. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Ian. Thanks for having me on. No, you're welcome. I suppose we should start by thanking my daughter, Laura, for the introduction. Yes, absolutely. So Laura was our kind of connection here. Um, and actually, Laura was the one of the first individuals I met at WeWork as uh, we do what's called an immersion, where you have to kind of go into a building for two days and you learn about really what does WeWork do um, perfectly. It's a great introduction to WeWork and Laura was my kind of buddy who helped me and taught me a lot during those two days and I think we've forever had um, a relationship since then so I've really enjoyed um, seeing her around um, and also progressing in different roles during that time too. Oh, good, well, I'm, I'm proud of my daughter for um, making a good impression on <laughs> Oh, no, I couldn't have been that bad a father after all. Um, I wonder, actually, if you could start by um, just giving an introduction to yourself and telling us about your role at WeWork. Sure. So I've been at WeWork now for approaching three years. Um, it's been an absolutely incredible journey, um, very much a roller coaster of ups and downs, um, but I have never learned so much in such a short amount of time. Um, So I head up our EMEA kind of people partner team. I have a team of five who report into me and they're really spread across many different cities in EMEA. So kind of London, Paris, Berlin, Israel and also Russia. And kind of our team is really responsible for supporting our leaders and, and managers and employees, but partnering a lot with leaders to create and deliver kind of people focused solutions that enable WeWork to reach our company goals and kind of North Star. So trying to add that human element, essentially, um, to kind of making sure we achieve our business objectives. This could be anything from supporting leaders with kind of how their organization is designed and set up and helping them achieve that, delivering and furthering our mental health strategy, reporting our gender pay gap figures in the different territories, engagement surveys, annual performance reviews and cycles. So lots of kind of that exciting work on the side there, as well as kind of much more kind of creative and innovative 
solutions that we've had to kind of run through you know the recent ones include things like returning from this pandemic that we are hopefully at the end of um, creating some return to office guidelines and supporting employees to be welcomed back to the office and feel safe um, and comfortable in doing so so never a boring day let's say in the in the people part no, no, no. it sounds sounds pretty busy and and you know, I was impressed to hear that you you've got a mental health strategy. You know, a lot of companies we speak to uh, on the podcast that you know they're they're still developing that. So you know, it's it's good to see you guys are already quite advanced on on that front. Um, yeah, why for sure. Why don't we just move on to the to your employees? Because what I wanted to do is just sort of discuss the sort of the difference between how you treat employees and how you treat members. Because you you feel a responsibility to both. I understand, but. Um, not responsibility, but you know, you, you mm-hmm. definitely want to be involved in supporting both. So why don't we start with the well-being of your employees and give an overview of, about the support that you give them in, in the well-being aspect? Yeah. So I think for us at WeWork, we really think of well-being as a very holistic um, approach. So I think it's not just about providing kind of whether it be mental health support, but it's actually wider than that. So we are have the luxury of the fact that we do office space so that really helps us um but we do provide that flexibility to our employees in terms of where they work when they work um and how they're working in in which kind of environment so they're not fixed to say a hq we have many different spaces that they can work within and we really kind of give them the the autonomy to do that um, and trust them to to deliver on the role that they're performing we also really, really heavy on health and safety, um, not just because we're an office provider, but we really truly believe that instills confidence um, for our employees and make sure that they feel safe when they are in the workplace. And then in terms of the more kind of traditional well-being, which is also really vital that you get this right, it's we have you know a very strong partner with an employee assistance program. We also have a very interactive and proactive partnership with Unmind, who provide kind of uh, proactive, holistic uh, well-being support through an app or online that people can use whenever they like. And we also run other kind of internal programs and events that are really focused on well-being. So at the moment, we're kind of running what we're calling a Live Well event. Um, we're focusing on the physical dimension and we'll have kind of panel discussions or external people coming in to give whether it be a workout or a talk on nutrition or a talk on how to balance things or how exercise has helped them with work-life balance so we try to provide that that rounded holistic um, approach to employees to help them yeah I'm, I you know, I was speaking to Laura during the pandemic you know months ago now but you know, she was she was doing some of these um, liberal classes and and fitness classes online via Zoom, and uh, yeah. you know, she, she said they were they were good team building exercises and a good way to sort of wind down at the end of the week. And I know I know yes. it helped her a lot. Um, so okay, and when you know with the with these sort of initiatives, you know, are they um, do you provide any of these for the members as well, or are they are those all for the employees? The stuff you just discussed. So some of them definitely are just for the employees. However, we also heavily want to focus on you know committed to providing the best possible experience for our members. So some of them do overlap um, for our members as well. The office space being obviously the most obvious in terms of, you know, the way that we design our office space is really 
facilitated to help them be inclusive, collaborative, safe spaces that kind of inspire people to do their best work. Um, this was kind of even before the pandemic as well, but we've kind of heightened it um, post-pandemic as well in terms of providing well-being and fitness classes, both in our spaces and virtually that are available for members to sign up. These are anything from kind of a meditation session to yoga to actually a HIIT class um, or, you know, a, and other events that we think helps people kind of relax and unwind. So this week, for example, we hosted a comedy night um, for members in one of our one of our spaces, which was fully booked out um, and apparently lots of laughs. So that was great. And then in terms of other things, we also kind of provide and kind of shout a bit about our the high health and safety standards that we have because we want people to feel comfortable coming in. Um, and then also our, our community team who are kind of the heart of, of the experience that our members have at WeWork is that we kind of really let them focus and give them training and give them autonomy to really focus on our members and their needs and they're empowered to make decisions to support members in the best way they can, which we really find helps with, you know, members feeling like they're valued and also that their well-being is thought of as well. And I, I know that we work, you know, as well as, you know, they're well known for, well, they're well known in the startup world where I exist as, you know, you can have one man band or teams of five in there. But also, you yeah. know, I understand that you guys look after some huge global brands that have offices all over the world with you. Um, yeah, are you are you finding that those the companies are are prioritising wellbeing, or or you know are they insisting on it as part of the package when they sign up with you guys? They're definitely more interested, that's for sure. Like they're asking questions that maybe they weren't asking a few years back. You know what what does your space provide? What do, what can you provide in terms of more I would say benefits beyond just an incredible space to work in so you know what office does have um, a meditation room or a wellness room um, how many what events can my my employees sign up to um, what kind of offerings do you have so they're definitely asking more questions um, and us also asking for kind of our advice a lot on the times on you know how how do you think it works and using that opportunity to connect with us as a business as well Okay, and and I'm keen to understand you. Know, so almost like the logistics of it. So you've got these. We've talked about some of the stuff you're doing for your employees. We've talked about the stuff you're doing for the members. Are they, you know, are they the same? So could that comedy class? Could the the members and the employees go, or do you do them separately, or do they overlap? Yeah. So that's both. We do treat employees as members a lot of the time. So. You know, they, they can sign up to all the events members have access to. Um, so, sometimes, obviously, we do employee-only events um, that only WeWork employees can sign up to. Um, but an, a, a WeWork employee can go to any WeWork uh, member event. Okay, cool. And, um, well, you know, it'd be good to hear some, you know, some examples of some of the sort of um, initiatives that you've put on. Yeah, for sure. I think... You know, I think we we do a lot of wellness, so a lot of the kind of fitness sessions, um, both for members, but in addition for employees as well. We also have a partnership with with Gymbox um, in the UK, where they kind of get discounts and they have special classes just that we work employees can sign up to, so they know they're going to get a space in that in that class. 
Um, we have quite rounded events, um, both for members and employees. So I mentioned the comedy night, but we also have you know a speaker, guest speakers come in who maybe are authors who speak about that or people who have had certain experiences, whether it be from a sporting background or a food critic background or um, kind of an inspirational speaker. Um, and we also have a lot of kind of doing events, um, which we also get a lot of lot of interest in so whether it be kind of a painting class or making your own terrarium or a running club for example so we try to provide a lot of variety because what necessarily works for one individual or is interested in by one individual doesn't always work for the other so we definitely try and provide a lot of options um, so that someone can find something that they are passionate about or enjoy when they're with us for sure okay Um, so we really Go on. So, sorry, actually. I mean, they those they sound great. So they're they're the sort of proactive, um, event driven sort of type of um, support. What about the sort of more reactive support driven type stuff, like uh, employee assistance? Um, what sort of stuff yeah. do, you, do you, you took us through that? Yeah, so we definitely have a strong employee assistance program, and we made the additional effort to make sure that. This is available in all of our countries, in all of their local languages, just to provide that more comforting sense of support there and to make people feel as, as comfortable as possible reaching out to them. And then we felt like we needed something maybe more proactive. So that's why we partnered with Unmind, which is, you know, we provide that to all of our employees and it's a platform that supports employees to proactively focus on both their mental health and their well-being. It kind of tracks their well-being um, in terms of an index. It suggests different series and different tools that they can use. It has kind of fireside chats or webinars that they can listen to as well. And that's really rounded. So that's anything from kind of coping with anxiety, dealing with loss to maybe more proactive mental health um, series such as, you know, creating healthy habits um building resilience um so we really think that tool helps with the more rounded um approach there and then personally for employee go on on. and i was gonna say is that is that integrated with sort of employee assistance so for instance you know does it does it have any triggers so that if um you know if it if it senses something you know the data suggests somebody's got a bit of a, a mental well-being problem will it push them through to the employee assistance program or they do they stand alone yes no so we do have them integrated because as you say if someone's kind of indicating maybe that their well-being is not great it will kind of pop up with the employee assistance program details so it's a bit more kind of obvious or easy for them to access and get that information we also kind of embed both um, the employee assistance program and a mind in a lot of our communications um, to help p- push people there and remind people of how they can use it and how easy it is to use. Um, and to be honest, in terms of from a people partner point of view, we also can see behind the scenes, you know, general trends um, from how, how our employees on aggregate are feeling. And we definitely use that to guide employees to the right place or adapt comms or share that information with leaders so that they can definitely be more mindful of that when they're with their teams and is it sort of localized so you could see that i don't know all the london employees seem to be you know maybe because of a tube strike or something but particularly stressed 
or and you could look to address a local area or is it just is it giving you generic information across the whole whole of your, your responsibility? No, we can break it down yeah we can break it down obviously we would need like a minimum number for a group to, to keep um, anonym, anonymity um, so that does factor into it as well but definitely for some of our kind of bigger cities London being a great example we can drill down specifically into those employees in London and how they're feeling. Yeah. Okay. No, this sound, that sounds like an excellent, excellent program. And uh, you know, um, what we talked a bit earlier. You, you mentioned about the design of the the, the space, and you, you know, I'm sure all of our listeners know that you provide flexible office space. Um, you know, how much of the design, you know, go, how much of the sort of effort in the design goes into making sure well-being is part of the, you know the, the whole experience. Yeah, I so when I first joined WeWork, I was actually fascinated by how much design and analytics and science kind of went into designing office our office space. Um, so lots goes into that behind the scenes, but and we evolve that all the time to see like where do people spend the most time, where you know surveying members as well to understand like what spaces do they find they work best in or least in and then working around that. So they've definitely evolved and kind of our latest version of that is what we're calling collaboration hubs, which are now popping up in a number of our WeWorks following kind of a great success on a few of our trials. But essentially these collaboration hubs are specifically designed to have varying um, styles or environments to work in. So some of them will have very focused focus areas where that's you know where you do your hard hard work, quiet work, where you need that thinking space. And then there's other areas of the office, which we, we call kind of active spaces, which maybe are more open, they, they have a different type of lighting in them. And they have, we have seen tend to encourage more creative thinking, um, kind of good space for team interactions, social interactions, um, and a space to maybe be kind of more designing or brainstorming areas so having these areas we've definitely had feedback from members that it's really helped their productivity so we're trying to roll these out as best we can when we redesign spaces that we have who's responsible for it at uh, Woolwork? I, I sort of imagine there's a huge department of you know um Hmm. architects and designers that are sitting there yes correct yeah stuff. so we have like a design a design and development department which is specifically focused on this you know full of architects um full of um designers inside as well interior designers too who really all work together um to create these spaces and the things that go in them yeah no i would imagine if, if, if that's your that's your your profession i would imagine it's a pretty exciting um one to be part of um, yeah, and just sort of moving on from that, let's just talk a bit about getting people back to the office. So, you know, I I know from my from Laura that um, you guys were quite early back in. Um, we were fast pay as well. You know, we we had a few people back in as as soon as we could because we 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 see the value in in having people in the office. Um, but you know, what changes did you have to make um, to sort of encourage people back in and and you know and to make sure you're taking the right precautions yeah we kind of took um, a twofold approach so we felt that the first approach and the first kind of thing we needed to do was make sure that 
both employees but also our members felt safe and comfortable in any of our spaces they were going to so we did a lot of work on ensuring kind of the social distancing we you know put put a lot of stickers out a lot of signage out a lot of member communications out to make sure that people really knew this um, and we're really clear on how to kind of interact within our spaces to feel safe you know things like one-way traffic systems as well um, certain areas for kind of walking and making teas and coffees and being really strict about that and then also obviously increased cleanliness and sanitation so really adding those additional whether it be stations or products in there as well so once we'd kind of sorted all that out and had um, a generic offering in all of our buildings that was consistent we also thought about hey how do we you know provide even more flexibility to not just current members, but also prospective members. So we actually introduced a couple of new products, one of them being the collaboration hubs where you can kind of design this in partnership with us if you wanted that in your office space, Um, but also what we're calling both all access and on demand. So all access is where you buy a membership and you can access whether it be one whole city, so any of our buildings in that city, or it could be a global all-access membership, so you can access any of our buildings anywhere you are working from. Just to give people even more flexibility, because we've seen people wanting to work maybe sometimes, let's say, in central London, but then sometimes maybe more in the outskirts of London, so giving them that flex. And then our final is on-demand, so that kind of works. You go on the app, you say, hey, I want an office space for whether it be half a day or a meeting room for an hour or even a whole week and you can sign up and pay for that so you're just paying and using for what you want on demand and you can see exactly what you're getting on the app and where that is so those new products are are out and launched in 2021 as well okay and 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 do you feel does the company feel those have been a success have they have you um both from the safety point of view and from actually encouraging people back Yeah, very much so. I think we've been so impressed with how successful both new products have been. Um, It's just more and more demands every day and we've had to open up kind of more and more spaces um, for all access and on demand as well. So it's definitely what people want right now. and We're really seeing that that drive upwards. Excellent. Okay. And and just the future, what, you know, you guys keep growing. Um, I keep seeing office spaces with your signage on it. Um, well, you know, how do you make sure that well-being stays within the strategic roadmap over, over the next few years? Or, in fact, where does it sit in the, in the roadmap? So it's always a key topic for us and with our leadership team. Um, the great thing is that all of our leaders see it as, as a key focus, not just the people, but also for our members as well. Um, so it is one of our main strategic pillars. We also build it into our values at WeWork. So one of our values is kind of be human, be kind. Um, So we always have that at the forefront of everything we do. In addition, you know, we're always trying to be a very competitive, but also a very innovative and essentially kind of trendy um, employer. So we always have that at the forefront as well. So willing to try new things and constantly enhance our offerings to ensure that we really embed that positive and kind of engaging culture to be dynamic and competitive in the market, as well as also matching employee needs. I, I do think we'll only see an increased amount of focus on employee well-being, not just at WeWork, but also in other other companies as well. Um, 
you know, an employer is now really feels a responsibility for the rounded individual, not just at work, but, you know, knowing them as a human and kind of making sure that they're providing that that really rounded um, benefit offering to them. So I think that will only improve in the future. And we very much intend to to stay up to date and, and competitive in, in that space. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's definitely something we, we see on this podcast. You know, the, the pandemic has driven a lot of that. But I think even before that, as you said earlier, you know, it's it was becoming more front and centre. Yeah. I think, you know, there's been many downsides to the pandemic, but there have also been some upsides. And I think one of those in terms of well-being is that it has been such a catalyst in making employers really pay attention to to what they're offering their employees. So I've, I've really enjoyed that kind of side of seeing everyone kind of catapult um, into their offerings there. Excellent. Listen... There's been some really good input there for the for, for this edition. Thanks, Ashley. I um, as we come towards the end, there's a question I ask everyone, and uh, it's what book or media is giving you most inspiration at the moment, and why? Well, that's a that's a tough question. Although actually, recently I discovered a new podcast, which I listen to podcasts when I run, um, and it's called Ladies Who London. Um, and they're these two women who give short snippets of kind of historical knowledge on different areas or aspects of London in an extremely charismatic way. So I've really enjoyed learning about London and the city that I live in whilst having um, a little giggle with these two women. So I've definitely listened to a few and will certainly listen to a few more of them. OK, and, and us, us gents can listen to it as well, do you think? So recommend it absolutely, for the, for the- absolutely. That, I mean, I've never learned so much about London in such a short space of time. I think my family are a bit sick of me sharing London facts with them, but they are very interesting. Oh, well, I, I, I'll have a, one. Actually, I'll have a listen to that myself. But I also will put the the the, um, the link to that in the podcast notes. Um, oh, amazing, Ash, Ashley! It's been a pleasure. Um, it's been really interesting to hear how we work. A you know one you know, how seriously they take well-being, uh, but also interesting to see how you've sort of evolved through the pandemic um, and where you're going in the future. And I'm sure it's a, a sort of story that, you know, always seems to make the news and I'll, I'll keep an eye on it for that reason. And also because I've got a bit of self-interest there and my daughter working <laughs> there. And, I, and I'm pleased to hear that you're looking after my daughter's well-being and uh, that uh, her well-being's in safe hands with, with you. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'm glad she introduced us. And so thank you so much for having me on. It's been great to chat with you both during this and obviously also previously as well. So thank you so much. Thanks, Ashley.